Our sermon text today is our gospel text. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O God. Amen. The kids had been told to be ready. That meant being dressed, having teeth brushed, and having dealt with one's dishes. It meant having done the expected chores. In other words, there wasn't to be anything left undone of one's duties. But why do all that work at one time when you can play? Why not put off today what can be done later? So the kids played. They had lots of fun. They enjoyed themselves. That is, they did until mom was leaving for the store. Each child begged to go, but alas, none was prepared. None was ready, but save one child. Only this one went with mom. The rest stayed. A similar thing happened one afternoon. Dad was preparing to go to the pool, but not every child was ready. Chores weren't done. Towels and swimsuits weren't gathered. So only a few went to the pool. Not all entered in. There wasn't a chance to go for those who didn't get ready in time. Today we see a similar emphasis on being ready in our gospel text. We are told that the reign of God who sits in the heavens will be like these ten virgins who have gone out to meet the bridegroom. Each one has a lamp in order to light the procession of the bridegroom into the wedding feast. But only a few decide to bring extra oil. Only a few are actually prepared to light their lamps for any length of time. In Boy Scouts, I went on more than one hike or walk. The prudent and wise thing to do was to bring extra batteries on your hike or on your camping trip. You wouldn't want your flashlight to go out while hiking in the dark and then be unable to see. Or to have no light in your tent when you needed it in the middle of the night. How could you adequately light your path and find your way home if your flashlight had no power? For these virgins, though, to be unprepared meant that, they're, meant that they were not very serious or concerned about their role in welcoming and honoring the bridegroom. There was an expectation that they would be ready to usher the bridegroom into the wedding feast with their lamps burning. This expectation can be compared to preparations for a party. If you are in charge of preparing something for a party, it's incumbent upon you to have that in order when the party starts. If you're in charge of food, then whoever has organized the party is counting on you to have that food ready to eat when the party begins. The same goes for the person providing music or tables and chairs. What would it say to have ignored such preparations beforehand? When one had the time. And then to be trying to get things ready only after the party already started. This is essentially what these virgins had done. They were in charge of meeting the bridegroom and welcoming him and entering with him into the feast. But only five actually prepared beforehand. Only five were ready. The other five had neglected to get ready or to make sure they were ready for the party and prepared. And thus, you find them begging for oil from the others. But these others won't share their oil. Now, such might strike us as not very kind or considerate. 
But we must remember the purpose of these virgins. They weren't there to serve themselves. They were there to welcome the bridegroom. If they gave their oil and ran out, then they wouldn't have been able to properly welcome him and meet him. The bridegroom was anticipating and counting on them being lights who accompanied him into the feast. What would happen to that wedding if none of them had lights? So for the sake of the bridegroom, they do not share. They do not want to let the bridegroom down. That means these five must go obtain their oil elsewhere. They can't participate without lit lamps. They must go find oil. The problem then is that they were not prepared and ready. They weren't waiting and watching for the bridegroom. If they had been, if that was their goal and purpose, they would have been ready for him. They would have had extra oil for their lamp, ready to celebrate and rejoice with the bridegroom when he came. Jesus tells the story to drive home the point to you and me that we need to be ready and to be prepared for the Lord's coming. We know he is coming. And it seems that he is taking a long time to come. And therein lies the temptation. If he's going to be a while, you can always do something else. <laughs> Perhaps that is why I recall staying up late in junior high to finish a project. My mom tells me that there was plenty of time to do it beforehand, but that I put it off to play or do something else I wanted to do. And I paid the price. I ended up staying till up until 1 or 2 a.m. and still had to get up for school and sports the next day. When I was in high school and we had big projects to do, the teachers divided the project up and made a timetable of when things were due. The teachers knew that we couldn't be counted on to work independently on our project, to divide it up reasonably, and we tended to wait until the last moment. But if we had, well, it would have been too late to finish. If we had waited until the last moment, we would have never gotten it done. There was too much to do on these projects so our teachers were trying to teach us both time management and a consistent work ethic. And while we may have learned to have a work ethic in the things of this world, we often struggle with being ready for the last day. We put off the important work of hearing and knowing God's word for later. We still got time. I got years ahead of me. It is because of this kind of attitude that I probably never would have memorized any part of the catechism if my mom hadn't made it a priority and worked with me on it. She pushed me just as she did on the rest of my homework. It wasn't what I really wanted to do, though. And this goes for all of us in our walk with Christ. We think we can always get oil later, but that isn't the case. The bridegroom will come suddenly, whether you are ready or not. Will you be ready for Jesus? Are you waiting and watching for him? Or are your eyes focused on politics, the stock market, your bank account, sports, and many other things? 
Are you daily turning to the Lord in repentance, confessing your sins to those around you and forgiving them when they are wrong? Are you living in humility, ready to suffer and die for Christ if you are called to do so? Are you ready for all sin, including your own sin, to cease? And for Christ to shine a light on all your evil deeds, to reveal the depth of sin in your heart? We tend to avoid such readiness. We tend to hide from it. Our sinful flesh wants to run away from all this because it would mean death. To be ready means we die to sin. The only way you can be ready then is by the work of Christ Jesus. Only his work on the cross given to you can make you ready. And this is what you and I need. We need Christ to make us ready. We need Jesus to move us to repentance and humility, to see our false gods and to daily turn from them to him. This God works for us in church. He works this as we hear his word calling us to repent. He works it as we see our sin plainly before us. We can deny the truth all we want and we try. But before God, it will do us no good, just as it did no good to those unprepared virgins. They couldn't get in the door because they denied their need for more oil. They forsook being prepared and watching for the bridegroom. Will you? I have occasionally heard my kids while playing hide and seek and after counting ask if everybody's ready. And if not, they wait for them to finish hiding or to be ready. They wait until everybody's ready and then they go seeking. Now when I was younger and played hide and seek, I would always count to a specific number and then say, ready or not, here I come. It didn't matter if you found your hiding place or not. The seeker was coming to look for you. Now, such a rule certainly came about because you can't wait forever for people to be ready. At some point, the game has to move forward even if you aren't ready. So it is with this world and the coming of God's kingdom. At some point, this world must pass away and God's kingdom alone must remain. And Christ wants you to be ready to enter his kingdom. He wants you to escape death and sin and to be delivered from it. He wants you to have eternal life. He doesn't want you to bring judgment. He doesn't want to bring judgment on you, but there is a limit. There is a point where the end will come and the counting will stop and Christ will return. But since he wants you to be ready, our Lord Jesus has done everything so that you would be prepared. He has taken care of your sin. He has crucified your sinful flesh on the cross. He died to prepare you. He died to make you ready. He bled to secure a place for you in his kingdom among his people. He has, by his death and resurrection, established a new life for you. He has made a place for you in the Father's house. And he has brought you this new life in baptism. He has made you a son of God in those blessed waters. 
He has exchanged our heart of stone for a new heart by his promise in the flood at the font. You are no longer destined for destruction and death. You are not locked out of the kingdom. The door stands open. The bridegroom is still coming. But if you choose to set aside God's word for something else, if you put off Christ's gifts for another day, if you choose to do something else over receiving his gifts, you're forsaking Christ's preparation. He wants you prepared and he's giving you what you need to be prepared in his word and in the sacraments. But if you set them aside, you are walking the path of the foolish virgins. You're not staying ready and watchful, but putting off being ready. After all, you can always buy oil later, right? Stop thinking this way. Repent. Return to the Lord. He will be here soon. The time draws closer and near for all of us. And for some of us, that day will be even sooner. Look, you see what you are lacking. Recognize how you are trusting in your own strength or how you are not humbly living dependent on Christ and his gifts in his word and at his table. Come and receive these gifts. Christ is giving them out. He promises to give them to you. Seek first the kingdom of heaven. Look to your baptism and remember God's promises. Hear the absolution and know Christ's forgiveness. Come to his table and be fed with his gifts and you will have life. Christ is here to make you ready and prepared so that you will be welcomed into the wedding feast. For by Christ's word and promise, you are prepared. You are ready because he declares you to be ready. Hear his word today. You are mine. I made you mine on the cross. I suffered and died for you. I will not abandon you, but I will make you ready for that day. I have washed you clean and fed you and nourished you at my table so that you will be ready. I have made you ready and I will keep you ready for I want you to live forever in my kingdom. I'm coming very soon to gather you and all my people into my kingdom. I will not delay much longer. Before I come and deliver you out of all sin and evil forever. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in grace, Jesus our Lord. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Old Testament reading for the 23rd Sunday after Pentecost is from Amos chapter 5. Woe to you who long for the Lord's day.
What good can the Lord's day bring you? It is darkness and not light. It is like a man running away from a lion and a bear attacks him. Then he comes into the house and leans his hand on the wall and a snake bites him. Isn't the Lord's day dark, not light, gloomy with nothing bright in it? I hate and despise your festivals and take no delight in your meetings. Even if you bring me burnt offerings and food offerings, I will not accept them. Or your fat animals as peace offerings, I won't look at them. Take away from me the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music of your lyres. Let what is right roll on like the waters, and justice like an ever-flowing stream. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We want you to know about those who go to their rest, my fellow Christians, so you don't grieve like the others who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again. Then God will, in the same way, through Jesus, bring with him those who went to their rest. We tell you only what the Lord has told us. We who are left behind and are still living, when the Lord comes, will not get ahead of those who went to their rest. When the order is given, and the archangel calls, and God's trumpet sounds, the Lord himself will come down from heaven, and the dead who are in Christ will rise first. Then we, who are still living and left behind, will be caught up with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we'll always be with the Lord. Now then, comfort one another with these words. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 25th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten girls who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish girls brought their lamps, but they took no extra oil. The wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. But the bridegroom delayed, and so they all dozed off to sleep. At midnight there was a shout, Here's the bridegroom! Come out and meet him! And all those girls woke up and got their lamps ready. But the foolish asked the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. The wise girls answered, There will never be enough for us and for you. Better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. While they were away buying it, the bridegroom came, and the girls who were ready went with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Later the other girls came and said also, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. I tell you the truth, he answered them. I don't know you. 
Keep awake then, because you don't know the day or the hour. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. All readings prior to the sermon come from an American translation of the Bible. 